0: You are now listening to Pursuit Cast, the official podcast of Pursuit NYC. May it be an encouragement to you today and stir your soul for revival.
1: Uh, welcome, everybody, to another episode of Pursuit Cast, the official podcast of Pursuit NYC and today we have a um a hero of mine someone who um i got a, i got the honor to meet this past summer and and she has been a blessing to me and and um, our local church here and it's my pleasure to introduce to you lisa plunkett hey lisa how are you
0: i'm doing great i've never done a podcast so i'm excited about this
1: yeah thank you for um taking time out of your schedule to do this with us Um, If you could just share with those listening uh, who you are and and what you do.
0: Okay, well, my name's Lisa Plunkett, and I've been married for 35 years, have two children, grown children, one is married. And uh, my husband is the senior pastor at Risen King Alliance Church, and I also serve on staff as the spiritual uh, life director. So that kind of means I do a lot of the pastoral work, mm-hmm. and uh, I run the small groups ministry. So uh, I'm also involved in the Empower Program at Alliance Theological Seminary. That's a joint effort between uh, ATS and uh, the Metro District of the CMA. And then I also serve as a leader for mm-hmm. College of Prayer International. And I've been involved with College of Prayer almost 20 years now. Awesome.
1: Awesome. Um yeah, if you could just share with uh, those listening about the Empower program. Um, just so many, you know, friends of mine and, and sisters in Christ of mine have been so profoundly impacted and affected um, by that ministry. So if you could share about that.
0: Yeah, uh, my friend Wanda Walburn kind of uh, initiated and uh, made a proposal for the program. And like I said, it's a joint project between the Metro District of the CMA and ATS. And through this program, we train, equip, mentor women to become leaders. And um, we took about a year to actually develop the program hmm. and pray through what should be on it. And so the idea was after this year of preparation that women needed biblical and theological training Mm -hmm. in order to get ministry skills and be equipped, but they also needed spiritual formation. Yeah. And uh, they needed to kind of work through how they could get free and how could they lead a Bible study? How could they Mm -hmm. lead prayer? So the, um, the program has both emphasis, kind of biblical theological training, but also your personal life and skills training. How
1: long has this program been? um offered.
0: Okay, this is our fourth year. Wow. I believe. Yeah. And uh, our church we've had almost forty women go mm. through it person uh, go through the program.
1: I mean what, what is the just the vision and, and heart behind empower um in, in training these women and, and I mean what's your personal vision and, and desire outcome of, of seeing this happen?
0: As we ministered within our district. We kind of would have great retreats Mm -hmm. and then we'd realize, but we don't have anything else for women. Mm. And so we uh, had this powerful retreat and we saw God move powerfully and we began to ask, well, what else can we do for the women? And so, um, just the idea of equipping them, but also of connecting them
2: Mm
0: -hmm. and, um, just seeing their spiritual lives walk to the next level. So many of these women don't know what their personal gifts are. Mm -hmm. They don't understand calling. They've never led and they don't have a model of women leading.
2: Mm -hmm. So
0: by putting them together and taking them through these classes, we meet once a month on a Saturday and um, the class is all day. So by kind of watching and seeing it modeled before them and also being personally mentored mm. and watching other women, that's what's amazing to me is just how much as peers they speak into each other's lives. That's very exciting. And so you just see the life change begin. Mm. The most exciting part to me is we have a retreat in January. Mm-hmm. And we have it at the Warwick Center, like the retreat we have with you in yeah. um
1: I think we got the idea to have it there from from uh, (laughs) from Empower. Yeah.
0: So we the first year, uh, really the leadership kind of ministered to the women and helped them get free. Mm. But now I get to sit back and I teach. But instead of me ministering, it's all the women who have graduated from Mm, Empower one they're all doing the prophetic ministry. They're all doing the healing prayer. Mm -hmm. They're the ones doing the deliverance. And you can just see that it really is, uh, it's lifting these women up so they can powerfully minister. Mm. And so that's my favorite is to just see them get away in a retreat setting after they've been in the classroom setting and see that life change.
1: Yeah. I mean, it just seems like it's a real real life discipleship where you pass it on and they pass it on and, and so forth to see that momentum building. Now, if if a woman wanted to be a part of it, um, w- are there any requirements to be a part of the program or, or anything like that?
0: No, she just has to commit to the uh, program that runs from, from September to May. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is a fee, I believe it's $700, mm-hmm. and she has to commit to go to the retreat
2: okay
0: uh so but there are a lot of assignments and readings that accompany Mm -hmm. but at the same time you get six hours of credit at alliance theological seminary as a result now some of the women decide the assignments are too much and maybe they more audit the course Mm
2: -hmm.
0: for the class uh the classroom setting but maybe they skip the assignments it's a rigorous assignment yeah
1: definitely i mean just from from the friends i have from my church who did it 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 was definitely an investment, um, but I mean, the greatest investment you can make is on yourself, yes. you know, willing to take, pay the price and and go deeper with the Lord. Um, at Pursuit, our our vision is revival or bust. I mean, we have a real passion to see revival come to our region. Um, how would you define the word revival?
0: Okay, so my husband actually teach a, teaches a class on revival history at NIAC. So he sent me his uh, definitions of revival. Uh-huh. So I, I looked him up, and uh, the couple were um, let's see. J.I. Packer says, God's quickening visitation of his people, touching their hearts, and deepening his work of grace. Stephen Alford was the sovereign act of God in which he restores his own backsliding people to repentance and faith and obedience. Uh-huh. But I think my favorite one is J. Edwin Orr, and he talks about times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. And uh, that's really basically, he's quoting Acts 3.19, Mm. repent then, turn to God, and that your sins may be wiped out, and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. I think that's my favorite, because Mm. it's it's scripture, and that is the picture. Revival is us repenting, Mm. getting right with God. Uh, having our sins wiped away, being filled with the Holy Spirit, and then that changes everything. Yeah. So that's my favorite.
1: Mm, that's good. I, I feel like, like what you said about repentance. A lot of times, I feel like people miss that part of revival. You know, the the part of of turning to the Lord, of of, of surrendering, and, and just really, you know, coming before the Lord, just broken and and just. You know laying ourselves down at his feet and, and that's great. Um, I know that at your church here Risen King that you guys have contended for revival just from uh, me visiting and past and, and seeing the, the ministry and the fruit um, uh, that you guys have here. Uh, what, what are some of the things that you have been doing here at, as a local church contending for revival?
0: Okay um, well, I train our women. And I shouldn't say just women. I have mm-hmm. a few men, but
2: mm-hmm.
0: I might have 15 women and two men. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I train them in intercession. And every Sunday we have a time of intercession in the morning, and then we'll have extended periods where we practice, learn intercession. But just the idea of uh, when you have strongholds coming against you, especially ones that want to block repentance. Mm. That intercession kind of just comes against that blockage so that people, the spiritual atmosphere is more clean so they can begin to repent. Mm. Um, So we we try and train in every meeting, whether it's our small groups or in our services Mm. or we have special times of prayer, always training people in prayer. And you mentioned you had been here for College Prayer. We use that as a lot, a lot for training.
2: Cool.
1: Hey, could you share a little bit about College of Prayer um, since we brought it up? And, and, I mean, that ministry here at this church has deeply impacted me as well. So if you could just kind of share about that so that people would know what it is.
0: Uh, college of Prayer was the dream of Armin Geswine. Armin um, actually started... The prayer movement under Billy Graham, Mm. and uh, when Billy was leading uh, evangelism crusades, he was across the street. This is his first crusades in L.A. Armin was across the streets with thousand intercessors praying for the crusades. So Armin's dream, because he helped start Fuller Seminary, Mm. he he kind of looked at it as like, why in every major seminary and Christian colleges there hardly any class on how to train a young pastor or leader in prayer. So he always wanted to have something where he uh, developed uh, the church through prayer and how to get prayer into the local church. And so we started in 95, I believe,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, training lay leaders, and uh, we started in Atlanta. And the idea is how to mentor and equip leaders to uh, reach the world through a revived church. Mm. That's our, our main fo- focus. So we started with one in 95. I believe we have over 275 campuses wow. now all over the world. So when I was getting ready, I really wanted to talk about stories of revival. Mm. That's how I get my intercessors so excited. Yeah. Because I love the stories of like, have you ever heard of Duncan Campbell in the Hebrides? No. Or... Praying Hyde in India, or Andrew Murray. Mm -hmm. So those stories of revival and how they came through prayer, that's the stories Mm -hmm. that I love Mm -hmm. to tell my intercessors. And Duncan Campbell is amazing. Uh, In the 40s, in the Hebrides, these two little old ladies started praying. They were sisters. One Mm -hmm. of them was blind. And they started praying, and they said, you know, no young people are coming to Christ. There's a lack of of repentance mm. among our people. And if we do not uh, do something, our young people will be lost. Now, they're from a Presbyterian background, mm-hmm. so everyone knew the scriptures, but that's different than the new birth. Yeah, And so these two little old ladies start praying mm. powerfully, and then they got hold of the pastor and said, Pastor, you need praise. <laughs> so the <laughs> pastor started praying in a hay barn with a group of his elders. Mm. And so one night as they're praying, this young elder got Psalm 24 and mm. he started saying, Lord, you know, how can how can a man ascend the holy hill? You know, he has to have clean hands and a clean heart. Mm. And he lifted his hands up to the Lord and he said, Lord, are my hands clean? And he went out. Oh wow. And then the pastor was like, Oh, well, something, mm. something is going on. So they began interceding, and they the little old ladies heard that Duncan Campbell should come and preach revival services. Mm. So they called Duncan Campbell, and he's like, oh, well, I don't have any time. And they were like, don't worry about it. You're coming. Mm. <laughs> so they set up all the meetings, even though he hadn't told him no, that's kind of like the story you told me about your friend from Ghana. Yeah. They set up for him to come preach, and his uh, original appointment canceled. So he got on a boat, came to the Hebrides, and they picked him up in the middle of the night. Well, I shouldn't say middle night. They picked him up like at nine. Mm. And then they said, well, the church is already waiting. So they took him straight yeah. to preach. So we went to preach, and uh, they had a good service. But it didn't seem like the power of God didn't fall. Mm. But that same young deacon or elder, he stood out in the middle of the of the service. And he said, God, this isn't what you promised. Mm. He said, you promised that you would pour out your spirit and your water on a dry ground. This isn't what you promised God. And he mm. fell out. Wow. <laughs> and then the power of God mm. came and it just, everyone fell under conviction of sin. Yeah. And so they tell a story that the uh, dance hall was litting out the same time then that the service was litting mm. out. But they, the young people fell under such conviction, leaving the dance hall. No one preached to them. Yeah, But they, like, crawled, staggered their way to the church because they could see the light on the hill mm. that people were in the church. And then they filled the altar, and they started coming to Christ. Amen. And then these little old ladies people started flocking to their house. Now no one knew, they were near the uh, police station. They didn't know why they were flocking, but it was the power of God because Mm. these two little old ladies had prayed so powerfully. And so it was just that whole region for like three or four years came under that power of God. So I love these stories of of revival. Yeah. Uh, And so as I studied them, I told them our intercessors and, and what we've seen that as we've traveled and gone to college of prayer, or different places that we get to have our own stories.
1: Yeah. That's good.
0: And uh, so if we had time, I have two stories I want to tell you of about. Of course, of
1: course. <laughs> is this well, okay? So yeah, of course. I have
0: two stories I want to tell you about uh, college of prayer and revival. So mm. I feel like what's happened through the college of prayer is that, We've traveled and taken our people. They've seen revival. Mm. So what comes back, when they come back here, they want to contend and believe it. Yeah. Like, I don't have to get them to pray. They've tasted revival, so they want mm. it. So they're praying on their own. I, you know, I'm not prodding them, And that's, I think what happens is when people see revival, when they taste revival, they're hungry for it.
2: Mm, that's good.
0: So our first trip to Uganda uh we went to Arua, which is where Idi Amin is from, and it's on the border of the Sudan. Mm-hmm. So you have all of these detention camps where the Sudanese are like escaping uh, the persecution they've had there, and they're living in these camps uh, right on the border of, of Uganda. And uh, we spent three days training in College of Prayer, mm-hmm. but then at night we would have crusade ministry. And so... Um, it, it was so exciting to train because you you had like seven hundred fifty and they're coming from the Congo, they're coming mm. from the Sudan, they're from Uganda, but they are so hungry for the Lord. I can remember when when like they began to pray for for God's fire to come upon them, like they're jumping over the pews and running mm. because they so want
2: mm.
0: God's touch on their lives. Yeah. So we were doing that every day. But at night, we are doing the crusade ministries. And uh, so the first night, we probably had 30,000 out in the field. Mm. And then the second night, we had 40,000.
2: Wow.
0: And, uh, but by the third night, we were supposed to have 50,000 people. And, uh, but by the third night, we were supposed to have 50,000 people. Did I tell this story when I was at... Uh,
2: no, I don't think
0: so. So we have 50,000 people out in the field. And uh, what happens is is the choir every day starts singing about three or four. The crusade doesn't start till seven, but mm. they're drawing the crowd. And underneath the stage, they have 77 intercessors wow. who are praying for revival. That's another thing that impressed me is... Um, Revival has to has to be served. So mm. I saw hundreds of people giving their vacations yeah. to serve the revival. It's good. They you know they weren't sitting on a beach or yeah. relaxing. They were serving revival,
2: mm.
0: and that's I think that's a cost. Sometimes we aren't always willing to make. Anyway, so the third night, the choirs you know singing, they're drawing a crowd, but it starts to rain. Mm. And I get so mad. So I'm like, <laughs> Lord, I, and the picture that comes to me is that. Well, two things. The Lord had always told me that if I would pray, he would put me in the pathway to see revival. Mm. So I said, Lord, tonight I believe you're going to give me a picture of revival. Mm. So I, this is your promise to me. You have yeah. told me you would put me in the path to see it. So that was the first thing. The second thing that, that struck mm. me was the mm. picture of the sower. Mm. Lord, there's going to be 50,000 people in this field tonight. And if the rain comes, the seed will be washed away. They won't even get the gospel. It'll be washed away before it even starts and I'm like, look at all these people who are here serving revival. This cannot happen, Lord. So, uh, I'm praying, I'm asking and he I hear him tell me, you march around this field 3 times. I'll keep the re- I'll keep <laughs> the rain back. Like Lord, I, you know, there's only like five white faces in a seat of fifty thousand. They're gonna think I'm a crazy woman. And <laughs> it's like, but if you want to see it, yeah, you march around the, the field three times. So I did my thing. I marched. It's like the Lord you've promised, hold back the right. rain. Well, uh, my husband and uh, some of the other team members step out uh, out of the tent, and they begin declaring to the, to the clouds into the rain that can't come and then they would you would see the clouds go back but then you'd see them you know you'd see them leave but then they'd come back so we we interceded for about 20 minutes and the you could see the worship teams interceding and praying because they're praying out loud even as they're singing and the rain withholds
2: Mm.
0: which we know that that the rain was coming because they said the next village was washed out oh wow so the rain came. Yeah, it just didn't come to the village we wow. were in. And that night, I watched three thousand people accept Christ. Amen. They ran. They ran to the to the uh, altar. And uh, in in that setting, instead of they ha- have them uh, when they're accepting the gospel, they have them say it out loud, but they have them raise their hands. And I would watch them. They would keep their hands raised for 20, 30, 40 minutes. Wow. They wouldn't put their hands down. And from heaven, I could see light fall on certain mm. ones. Like, And I knew they had this amazing call on their life. Mm. And then they gave me the microphone to pray over the new believers. And I'm like, look, this is Pentecost. Yeah. 3,000 accept you in one day. Yeah. And so I just saw this how powerfully... God wants to meet these people, but also how he wants us to participate. Mm, And then that night they started doing the words of knowledge, like Mm. you said. And I saw like this, (laughs) I thought it was a baby. They brought a baby up on the stage and he had, the word of knowledge was that a blind and deaf child would see and hear. Mm. So she brings the baby up on the stage and she's like, this is my child. And as the, you can tell the baby's hearing because it's, the sound system squeaking, and you could tell it's hurting the baby's ears. And then you can see that the lights on the stage are bothering the baby's eyes. And then you hear her say, Mama. Wow. And so we thought the baby was like, you know, 10 months, you know, some, you know, small, but really the child was four. Wow. And had been in a fetal position. Mm. because the child couldn't see or talk or hear. So right before us, you see the arms stretch out and the legs stretch, and then this baby stands beside its mother, and you're like, Lord, you're healing. You're completing your healing right before our eyes. And just how revival calls people to the gospel, but also how revival heals. Mm. It's just just this amazing picture and our people will never forget it. Okay, so that's the first story. Then we went back. Our, the next trip we went back, we took a team of 14 from here. And that time we went to Gulu. I don't know if you've heard of uh, Joseph Coney and the Visible Children, where mm. they're all snatched from the yeah. home. So Gulu is that area. Like I went to a village and spoke in a high school to 1,000 kids. And I said, what's the name of your village? And they said, they drank our blood. Wow. And out of that, a thousand, like 700 orf- or orphans. Mm. So it's just, it's just a region just racked mm. with civil war.
2: Yeah.
0: So um, we're teaching College of Prayer again in the day. And then at night, we are doing crusades again. So during that time of doing College of Prayer, um, we're in the area of the Acholes. And uh, Joseph Coney was a Acholi. Mm. So he would force the Acholes that he uh, kidnapped become soldiers. Mm. And then he would use them to ransack and kill. So the rest of the tribes began to hate the Acholes because they were forced into this servitude. And uh, so many young women were kidnapped, mm. many young men. And... Um, so after we'd done College of Prayer for three days, the last day, Mike talked about your, our identity in Christ and forgiveness. Mm. So we're closing out the time together, and there's probably 500 people. We're closing out the time, and they decide to ask for testimonies, and it's going great, and we're closing, and we've had a great time. So as we're closing this, giving this testimony, this woman stands up, and she says, uh, I hated you at and she's from another tribe. She said, you killed my husband. Mm. And she said, I'm an intercessor, and I've been praying for revival. And God has told me, I cannot pray for revival for our land and hate you. She wow. said, I hated the sound of your voice. I hated your language. Whenever I heard it, hate mm-hmm. came up. And she said, today I forgive you Acholis. Wow. So there are 500 people in the room, but most of them are Achilles. And they break out repenting. And they weep and cry for 30 minutes saying, forgive us, oh God, forgive us, oh God. And they're singing this song called, and, you know, I'm having to get the translation, but they're singing this song, we repent, we repent. Mm -hmm. And so then other tribes stand up and they begin repenting before God. And uh, one of them was this Karamajong woman. And the Karamajong are the most hated tribe in Uganda. And they are they believe all cows in the whole world belong to them <laughs> so any cow they will
2: uh, they'll just
0: take it yeah. and so so this woman is standing up and she begins repenting and she's using the same words mike had used in his Teaching that day on our identity in Christ. So she lays down on the floor and she says, Lord, we repent. We repent for stealing, killing, cattle wrestling. Our people are hated. You know, we haven't had an identity except a negative one. And she's like, now we want to have this identity in Christ. She's repenting, and more people are crying wow. and repenting. And this goes on for like two or three hours. Wow. And what we learned was that they tried to officially have services to get the tribes to repent. And whenever they did, they fell apart. Mm. But when the spirit of God came, yeah, especially man. through this woman, like Mike had talked on forgiveness. But when this woman powerfully forgave in front of him, it broke something.
2: Wow. It broke. So good.
0: So um, Mike wrote his uh, doctoral on what happened. So he got to go back and interview all these mm. officials and these members of parliament about what,
2: yeah.
0: what effects uh, happened that day. Mm. So it, the effects are lasting. Yeah. The effects of true revival are always lasting. But what was exciting for me was that night when we went to the crusade men, uh, the crusade, we saw people powerfully accept Christ mm. But what even more happened was they began to pray for healing for the land. Mm. And what had happened was this sin had devastated where there was no, there was hardly food production because everybody had been safe. There was no industry. There was no, uh, all the resources had been taken. And I saw them begin to pray and call out healing for the land, healing that jobs would come back, healing that food would yeah. production would be restored, healing asking jobs, healing for families because families had been devastated.. Yeah. And what I realized is healing is more and revival is more than just personal.
2: Yeah, healing, that's
0: good. healing begins for the church. And restores the church, and it restores the individual, but then it makes this impact on community and mm, and uh good. and on a whole region.
2: Amen. And so
0: it was so exciting for Mike to go back five years later and to interview mm. and to see the change in the region it's
2: because
0: powerful. this woman's repentance. Mm. So
2: that's so good,
0: uh, and our people got to see that. Mm. And so that's why they love revivals because they've seen it, they've tasted it, they've known of it. Like, our elders, when we were on that trip, saw a blind woman see. Yeah. He prayed over her. She saw. He, so every time he stands up and prays for healing, he believes in healing. Mm. Uh, you know, our people saw the lame walk. They prayed over him. They, they prayed over a young woman whose spinal cord was severed and came on a mat. They had to carry her, but then they saw her walk the next day.
2: Mm.
0: You know, they've seen people in the streets naked, crazy, and then they prayed and the demons thrown out, and they come to their right mind. They show up in church the next day dressed and ready to receive Christ. Mm. So when they've seen the power of God, they believe the power of God, and they never, people who are really born in revival, people who've been changed by revival, they never go back.
1: Mm, that's good.
0: They believe it.
1: Yeah, you can't go back. You and,
0: can't go back.
1: That's good. I, I, I feel like as you're sh- sharing these stories, I mean, I can't help but be scared <laughs> and, and, and I want to just pray. I think that's the best and,
0: training method and, is to let them hear the stories, but then for them to get to participate in yeah, the story. Yeah, that's
1: good. I mean, I feel like, I mean, some of the things that definitely caught my attention. Is how you said that they repented and they had a song where they were singing repentance? I mean, how many churches have a worship song like that on a service or any or anything like that and It's you know? the
0: sweetest sound I've ever heard in my life mm. I'll never forget it. I won't think about it without you know just being moved and and you know, I love it because my daughter was there. Mm. And uh, she was probably 23 at the time. But her life is forever changed because she heard that song. Yes. And yeah. she believes in revival because she's seen what repentance can do. Mm-hmm. So she's a children's pastor in Atlanta. But uh, yeah, you're right, that song. There's a song that talks about uh, the sound of heaven breaking through. Mm-hmm. And whenever I hear the lyric of that song, I, I remember that yeah. sound. That sound and I think, Lord, I have to hear that sound yeah. again
1: I mean I can only imagine just you know how, how our heavenly Father would, would would respond to the song of repentance because I mean for just one turning there's a big celebration I mean mm-hmm. just, and, and I can see why it's so sweet you know mm-hmm. when, when it's repentance and and, and, I, and I think another thing that, that gets my attention is is how you said that when the Spirit of God came it brought unity. You know what? What man's efforts or programs couldn't do, you know, his presence can easily do.
2: That's right.
0: You're absolutely right, Sam. Because yeah. they tried and they couldn't bring it. Mm. But when the when the presence of God came and they responded in repentance, then the spirit of unity came.
1: Yeah, that's that's so good, and just um, just so encouraged and blessed by these stories and and. And wanting to see God do that in our region, you mm-hmm. know, in Rockland and Bergen and the tri-state area. And just like you're saying where revival left the mark, you know, like five years later, um, you can still see the fruit and the impact. And, and that's really my my passion and, and my desire to see that in this area, that it can be said that the tri-state area, this region, is, has been marked by revival. Amen. So thank you for those stories. Um as we, as we wrap up this time together, uh, what's the best wisdom you would give to young leaders, um, especially those who are wanting to see revival, or maybe they haven't had the opportunity to go on one of these trips, or, or maybe they have yet to see it and taste it for themselves, but they want to see it, and they're young leaders, they're hungry, they, they heard whispers, but they want to see it happen. What, what would be, I guess, your best wisdom or, or that you would share with them?
0: Well, I'm trying to think how to say this, but I would teach them how important momentum is Mm. of the spirit.
2: Mm.
0: Uh, God is moving; like it's exciting at ATS when they teach on divine healing, people get healed. Yeah, and it's exciting Mm. when they teach on power encounter; people learn to throw, you know, cast demons out. Mm -hmm. So I know the spirit of God is moving here. And uh, sometimes I feel as young leaders because they see it regularly. It may not be revival yet, but it is God's spirit moving. Mm. They almost take it for granted. Yeah because they have they get to see it every day in the classroom or they hear these stories, so they kind of take it for granted. They're like, oh neat, yeah. But then they kind of go home and they're like, oh, well, I don't have to worry about church this Sunday or I don't have to worry about personally pursuing the Lord because I can show up in class mm. and next it's just week and to it's going to be there. Yeah, yeah. Someone's going to hand it to me.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm. But I've served and ministered a lot of times when the Spirit of God isn't moving that way. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying God's not present. He is present, but he's present in a different way. Yeah. And I've grown personally as I've had to persevere. Uh, and has I've had to choose God. That that has created in me a, a great personal growth. But when God's Spirit moves, you have to participate and mm. you have to enter in. That's good. So, and I was thinking of the like the biblical stories are like when God's Spirit was moving in Joshua, and they're taking the kingdom. Mm. You know, they're taking Israel.
2: Yeah.
0: They. He told them, "Don't touch the devoted things." And when Achan did. Mm-hmm. And Achan touched it, and it came out. They lost the next battle, yeah. and, and it got revealed. Okay, this is who took it, Achan, and he was stoned. He and his yeah. family,
2: mm.
0: because you cannot touch a move of God.
2: Yeah,
0: and it's similar, like uh, with Ananias and Sapphira, mm. when God's spirit's moving so powerfully in Acts, and it's bringing that kind of unity we talked about. Yeah, and Barnabas sells all of his land and then gives the proceeds. Well, they. Do Similarly, they sell their land, but then instead of giving it all, they say they're giving it all to God, yeah. but they hold back a portion for themselves. Well, it's fine if they hold back, but then Peter confronts them and says, but you lied to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You said you gave it all.
2: Mm.
0: And so see, what's happening there is they're touching a move of God. Mm. You can't take, and I, it's not that I feel like our young people are touching a move of God. I feel like they take it for granted. Mm so when God's spirit moves you have to enter in yeah. you have to participate you have to go if a, if the god's spirit comes in a service for repentance then that repentance is offered to everyone in that service mm, that's good so you or if God's spirit comes for healing then everyone present that healing is available in the room mm. and so I, I would and I try and teach our young leaders here is you have to go for everything in God's manifest presence. You mm-hmm. don't sit back. You don't take it for granted. But you go for all you can get in his presence.
1: Mm.
2: I hope that makes sense. Yeah, no,
1: I, I feel like, um, I mean, one of the things as you're sharing that reminded me is, like you're saying, momentum and, and, and pursuing the presence of God. I feel like like in, in Joshua in that scenario where you know, they messed up and and— Joshua's like, God's not gonna be with you, but they try to then force it themselves and, and try to make things right themselves, and they still end up defeated. That's right. they you know? Did. So, um, but yeah, that, that's great. That's that's good. Just to contend for revival, not to take it for granted. Um, and last question for our time here, um, it's just a question that we've been asking all the leaders is you know, how do you best connect with the father in this season?
2: Uh
0: this is a season where I'm doing a lot of different things and I'm very busy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I feel like what the Lord's been telling me for me personally is go back to the basics,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, read my word every day, spend time with me, make sure you're worshiping, sit out on the deck and just, you know, s- quiet your spirit so you can hear from me, pray, pray, I mean, it's not like every season am I as devoted to that, but I feel like in this season when it's so busy, God's saying, you need the basics. You can't ever get away from that. That's what you need. I. It's like he's trying to restore me. You know, he leads you beside the still waters. He restores your soul. I think, you know, difficult times empty you, but good, busy times... Empty you, too. I I really need that restoration, and I need quiet. So sometimes it's just sitting on my deck, but Mm. that's what I need.
1: No, that's good. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for hanging out with us this morning. Um, How can people find out more about you and your ministry, College of Prayer, Empower?
0: Okay, well, uh, you can check out uh, Empower at MetroCMA.org. Mm -hmm. And it uh, has a brochure and how to uh, sign up uh, on that website. You can check out about me and our ministry here at risenkingalliance.org. And College of Prayer, we're excited. We have two campuses in Queens right now. One in South Jersey, one in Warren, New Jersey. We're actually having a College of Prayer there next week. uh, And one in Philly. Uh, And you can check them out at collegeofprayer.org. org.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Lisa, and, and thank you to those for uh, hanging out with us and listening to our podcast. Uh, we hope that this um, conversation, this interview, stirred you. It definitely stirred me to pray and repent like never before. So thank you for listening. Um, until next time, God bless.
0: Thank you for listening to Pursuit Cast. For more information on the ministry of Pursuit NYC, Please visit us on the web at www.pursuitnyc.org. Revival
2: or bust.